Welcome to a, a brand new, uh, shining new episode of the 551 podcast. My name is Wes Berdine, uh, back in the basement, out of the fancy studio. Uh, and uh, on the phone with me, uh, on Skype, is Alex Schieferdecker out in Philadelphia. Hey, Alex. Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing fantastically. We are Jeff-free this week. We've been freed from the rooter. Uh, and with us instead is Edu Rosales, um, who... You are our Costa Rican expert, being Costa Rican, and uh, you're, you don't support Saprisa, right? I do but, not support Saprisa. Okay. But your brother does. My brother does, and I have a bunch of friends that do. Okay. And so now all of those players that they used to support are now in MLS, most of them now with Minnesota United. I love them now. I absolutely <laughs> love every one of them. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I do... Uh, is a dark cloud. Actually, um, we met when someone when the U.S. played uh, Costa Rica down in Chicago this summer. Um, I wrote just a little article about you because I someone was like, "Hey, you should talk to this guy. He's Costa Rican. He's a dark cloud. He's also also like has divided loyalties with the U.S. and Costa Rica." Um, and then you and I randomly met after I, we had never met in person to serve the phone. And then we ran into each other in some bodega. I was buying cigarettes because I was half drunk. So that, that's correct. It was uh, pretty much destiny. Um. Uh, so we are uh, on this episode. We're, we're going to talk about um, uh, the good, bad, and the weird, including some uh, signing news um, for both Minneapolis City and for Minnesota United. The bad, obviously, is always the same bad. And then we've got lots of Costa Rican talk uh, because we've got you here specially uh, for Edu. But um, the, the question I always ask of um, new guests is, when did you uh, fall in love with soccer? What, what, what made that happen? Well, um, growing up in Latin America, in most, most countries, you don't decide when you become a fan of soccer. You are a fan of soccer, basically, as you're born. Uh, your family, all your family will watch games, and so you're uh, you grew up in that culture, um, but at least rationally, when I fell in love with soccer was when I started following the the local team in my uh, in my hometown, which was a you know a division five or six really <laughs> if you look at the pyramid. But I absolutely loved every um, every personality in that team, following the team, uh, being a little cheerleader, um, getting hit by a ball, uh, <laughs> learning about soccer. It was a great time, and that's what kind of got me going and. My dad always pushed us a little bit more yeah. to like soccer. What was so, the name of the team? Curridabat. Okay. And the, they were amateur team? Or, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fifth division Costa Rican, I imagine it's not. Yeah. You play in open fields. There yeah. may be some cows on the background, but it's all right. They're, they're watching the game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's fantastic. And when did you, when did you come to the, your first Minnesota United game? I came to my first Minnesota United game uh, about 10 years ago, okay. uh, but it was just a one-off game. I went with my wife. It was actually at one of our dates before okay. we actually got married. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So that was a, that was Minnesota Thunder days then? The Minnesota Thunder okay. at the uh, uh, high school nearby. Yeah, the Jimmy. Okay. Um, fantastic. Wow. That's Well, then you should have had someone like... Coach Carl Craig do do the wedding or something like that. Well, depending <laughs> on when you got married, if it was that Manny, I guess could have could have uh, presided or something. Um, oh well, th thanks for joining us on, on the show. Um, let's take a break, do the music thing. We'll come back and we'll start with all the the good, the bad, and the weird news. Welcome back to the 551 podcast. Uh, me, Wes, Adu in the room, and uh, Alex Schieferdecker in Philadelphia. Um, we are going to start with the good. I'm going to start with the good, which is the kind of uh, weird news that it's a good and weird that Brian Coleman, former uh, fullback for Minnesota United, for Minnesota Stars, and the C Minnesota Stars, and Thunder as well. Just signed for Minneapolis City, the uh, they're in the NPSL um, now. It's pretty hilarious news that he's coming out of retirement to show, you know, basically like like Rocky or something like that to show like he can Landon still do Donovan. it. Like Landon Donovan, like Landon Donovan taking a 
taking a page out of the Brian Coleman book. It, what's funny is it, it, he also signs on the heels of uh, another former Minnesota Thunder player, um, Dan O'Brien, um, midfielder who signed uh, for Minneapolis City this week. Um, I, I never saw him play. He also played for Tampa Bay Rowdies most recently. I don't ever remember him. But in the meanwhile, this is my favorite part. He um, played... After Minnesota Thunder folded, he went to New Zealand and played for a club called Western Suburbs FC, which I just find to be, that's the greatest greatest club name of all time. That's well, a MLS worthy. But. Yeah, and now we need to know if there's a bitter rivalry with Eastern Suburbs FC yeah. or some, you know. <laughs> yeah, they fight They fight in the uh, Walmart parking lots. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, if I, if I know anything about New Zealand, uh, it's, it's that the... Suburbs do not have their own WalMarts, so um, yeah, I, I don't know if you if if anyone has anything to say about these news, but those are like significant signings for a club that didn't exist eighteen months ago. Yeah, I think that they could. Hey, these are signings that might get them through a couple rounds of the U.S. Open Cup. So yeah, I mean, largely it's it's probably more based on making sure the other uh, nine players are are uh, at a decent level but um but having those guys you know having a a, a former professional fullback is not going to make the same difference as having a former professional (laughs) striker but on my uh on my uh, college uh rec team uh the one player who has who previously played played in college and he was a fullback and so he he lined up for like eight on eight, like grad school rec soccer. He lined up as a fullback, and we were like, "What are you doing? Like, get in central midfield. We need someone with a touch, someone who can play a pass. We don't need you in your natural position." Yeah, and I suppose actually Brian could probably play. He's played center back in his career. He probably could play center back for them and be a bit more, bit more useful. Um, than or as he a winger. Yeah, I don't think he's got the speed. No, I'm I'm kidding. Brian's going to probably beat me up. We'll get to the the Coleman fights later in the show. Um, the the other good news, uh, Christian Ramirez. Uh, we think this is finally going to just happen uh, very soon. It's it's imminent. Um, you know, uh, he was spotted at the airport. He was uh, sending vague tweets about this. It's it's going to happen very soon. Uh, it's it's great. Um, I've also. Uh, heard talk of his contract and um i i don't when we have the article i think we'll be able to say it i I don't know what i'm what we're allowed to say at this point it's more than i thought so the dude's getting his paycheck so good for him and i hope that i hope that he delivers on it but yeah pressure's on now i i think you know we we reported before christmas as well that that ibarra was happening I think there's probably going to be movement on that soon. I, I it's just hard to say what what's going to happen there. But um, the bad is uh, continued. Ooh, I got one. I got one more good. Okay. I what's... I don't know. You know, we don't talk a lot about about uh, foreign soccer on the show. But I thought there were some incredible goals this week scored in the you know the fifty games that the Premier League played. And yeah, fifty I, games in three days. That, right, I think that the 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 Olivier Giroud scorpion kick. If you haven't seen it yet, go find it because it might have been the goal of the season, so goal the, of the year. Sorry, two thousand seventeen, and 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 it was like one day in. I saw a tweet that it was. Could this be the goal of, or is this the goal of the year so far? And I was just like, <laughs> wow, that's a really ambitious tweet. Uh, um, is. Is it better than Mkhitaryan's? Uh, he also had a scorpion kick, and it was yeah. offside. But is it was it better? <laughs> I Does think it so. matter? Okay. Yeah, well, it doesn't really matter if he's if he scored. Who cares? It's brilliant either way. Mkhitaryan's to me had the better angle, and it seemed faster. So I'm going to go with him. Yeah. Um, I also hate Olivia Giroud's face. <laughs> so, um, NESL news. Uh, so news broke last week that the league was still looking to push on. Even though I think uh, Brian Korstad's article said it was ninety nine percent dead, uh, so the one percent I think found a way. Um, things are are definitely actually by the time some people have listened to this, uh, news will come out. I think Tuesday we're recording on a Monday. Tuesday news is supposed to be coming out. Um, I think more news will come Wednesday. It does sound like 
the league will get provisional second division. Uh, 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 what do you call that? What's I'm blanking. Sanctioning. The word. Sanctioning. There we go. Thank you. Sorry. Um, sanctioning for a year. Uh, we don't know much else about it. Um, I think even because the owners themselves don't know, um, uh, everything is happening very quickly, but things are looking like there will be clubs. It looks like Cosmos may still exist in some form. A bunch of things are happening with these clubs, but it's still unsure if the Cosmos former front office people are going to get the paychecks that they're owed. And yeah. it's very, I don't know. I'm th- That's one of the angles I'm watching from of thinking like, well, if, if you save these clubs somehow, are the players going to get the back pay that they're, I don't know. I, I think the league is doing a lot to save itself and not to save the people who've been screwed by by the league. It's it's really hard to analyze, right? Because we don't know what is actually going to happen. We don't know. We don't know what what whatever comes out of this is going to look like. But it's first of all, it's impressive how seven to ten days has now become a year potentially, and it's also yeah. Just think what Sunil Gulati <laughs> could do with a, uh, a menorah if he had the chance. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, because like the temple, because U.S. soccer was supposed to say within seven to ten days they were supposed to give their U.S. soccer the the sanctioning uh, response, and and now apparently they're just going to push but, off for another year. So NASL spent so many years and and trying to attract good owners and good expansion teams, and the evidence is clear that they didn't really succeed, and so now. It's all sort of come together in in a year. Sorry, in a, in a month, and we're supposed to expect that that in a year it's going to be better. That you know whoever new has come on board is really knows what they're getting into, and they have what's needed to support a team. They're willing to take the losses. Maybe they're willing to pay people who are owed money. I I, I I'm really dubious. We'll see what happens, but I feel like what was broken in the NSL and what remains broken in the second divisions maybe cannot be fixed in like a month of frenzied negotiation. And I, it's, it's, it, it's tough to say is, well, it's easy for me to say when, when my club's not on the line, but you know, I, I was, I was sort of welcoming maybe a, a, everyone jumping into the USL and then sorting it out there because at least that ripped the Band-Aid off of the NASL and the clubs that weren't sustainable or that weren't, the clubs that weren't being run properly, you know, would have to really face a reckoning. Now that we're doing this sort of stopgap, or this is what it seems to be shaping up to be, I'm just, I'm not confident that in a, we're going to come back in a year and it's going to be a lot better. No, I, I'm not either, especially, you know... Uh... If they're going to put a new NASL club in Atlanta, I mean that right. just proves that they don't know that that they haven't <clears throat> learned the lesson, you know. Like, um, like what fundamentally in the system, like in the whole situation, is going to change in a year? Yeah. Um, let's, let's the the weird you alluded to this, but Landon Donovan uh, might be returning to MLS, might be coming out of retirement for a second time. Um, uh, didn't Brett Favre do two come out of retirement twice? Or did yeah, he just do it so. the one time? Okay. No, he didn't. Um, Lazarus, uh, we'll start calling him. Uh, so Real Salt Lake and apparently some Eastern Division team uh, are offering him uh, designated player deals, um, which makes me think that maybe we should have taken him in the expansion draft after all and, and forced <laughs> them to uh, force them to buy his rights off of us. I'm pretty happy not getting caught up in all that stuff, but... Yeah, maybe. Maybe we should have done that. I think that we all assumed that if we took him in the draft that he would just retire. Um I don't but, know. He uh, he and Manny are buddies, but yeah, I don't I don't see the club. Offering. I don't know if he wants to uh I don't know if he's willing to trade the beaches of Southern California for the beaches of Lake Minnetonka, but Yeah. He couldn't have his he couldn't have, uh let his nipple uh have as much <laughs> airtime as it <laughs> his nipples need a lot of uh fresh air. Um, the, the final, just completely expected news is that Bob Bradley was canned by Swansea City. This is old news by now, I guess. Uh, that's it. That's all we have to say, I guess, right? Do you have any thoughts? It's just, it's just, the whole English system is so myopic and so crazy. I, you know, this is, 
I guess everyone lives in this incredible fear of relegation. Um, and without going too far into that into that uh, swamp, basically, it's insane that a, a manager can get l- less than a hundred days and no transfer windows, and a team that hired him now determines he's not good enough. That's absurd. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw terrible. some a tweet. Sorry, I saw someone tweet, and I, I can't remember who it was, but they said, you know, who, who, like the people who created that team, the people who built that team, the, you know, the the front office staff at Swansea, do they still have their jobs? They do. Yeah. Why is it always the manager who goes? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, the chairman, Hugh Jenkins, I believe, uh, should be out the door for, I mean, it's just a series of bad The scout should be out the door, you, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I, I do hope that Bob doesn't come back to LAFC. He's got plenty of time to come back to MLS. I, I mean, go to, go to some, go to just continue the European tour. Do that. Go to Italy, something like that. I like I the know. thought that he would go to the Norwegian national team because I, and I tweeted this, I, I guarantee you that they will, if he does that, they will beat England and it will be very funny. Oh, that will be good. I will. Yeah. That that would be awesome. I would love that. Um, well, let's take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll do the Minnesota United stuff. Welcome back to the Fifty Five One Podcast. It's Minnesota United time. Uh, I, I, we're going to talk a lot about these. Uh, Two Costa Rican players who have just been signed and one who it's rumored we're interested. I, I know that we're interested in whether or not it's going to be signed. I don't know. But I have a, a non-Costa Rican question to ask here, which is I, I, I was just thinking about this. Um, was taking – so in the priority draft, Atlanta took uh, – they got first pick and they took the expansion draft. They wanted the first pick in the expansion draft. Minnesota United then got the first pick of the Super Draft. Minnesota United will get Jeremy Ebobise. There's a lot of hopes in, or they could, or they could trade him away. But assuming they take him, there's a lot of hopes lined up in him. People think he can be pretty great. Um, so do you think that that, was that a better pick than the expansion draft? Was Super Draft better? Anyone? Yeah, dude, do you want to? Um, I think that, um, I guess it's too early to judge, um, because you don't know what will happen with their first draft. Uh, there's a lot that can happen between now and the beginning of the season. Um, I believe after the, um, the, the round of, um, what's the, uh, the combine, yeah. there will be more action. I'm not sure exactly what the windows are. But uh, there's a lot to happen, so too early to judge. Uh, but it just feels really nice to know that we're lined up for Ibobise. Yeah. So it, maybe it just feels better, like, maybe if they trade him away, then it's a matter of what the trade matters. But right now it's like, this guy's a player, and they used, Atlanta used their expansion draft to get Gam, Tam, or whatever, uh, whatever they ended up getting from, from that deal. They got some money out of it. Um, it just seems like a, I don't know, seems like a better deal at this point. Well, Alex, the, do, you, do you have any thoughts? The top, the last three number one picks were um, Andre Blake, Kyle Lahren, and uh, Jack Harrison, all mm-hmm. of whom I would take mm-hmm. over anyone who was chosen in the expansion draft. So Yeah, so that's, it just I seems don't, like... I, yeah, I don't understand. I didn't understand at the time after watching how they did it, where they dealt the first pick away, like they be- they dealt their first expansion draft draft pick away for a deal that included like an- another uh, another super draft pick. It was it was weird. It was really strange. I don't get what they did. I'm very happy to be in our shoes. And they could have done that with the second spot with the second yeah, pick. But, yeah. I, okay. I, so I'm not the only one just, who thinks it's. Yeah, it's weird. Okay. All right. So I, I want to talk about these. So in um, Minneapolis tomorrow night, um, Tuesday night, Minnesota United are going to be kind of unveiling uh, Francisco Calvo and uh, Johan Venegas. And I think there's like a, a, a 
meet and greet as well for some dark for some uh, uh, season ticket holders. Did you get an invite, Edu? I did not get an invite. I, I didn't get one either. So, uh, but I, I would have thought they would. Uh, I think just, I would just have to crash that party. Yeah, you, I think if, <laughs> I think you, if you actually just emailed someone and said, "I'm also Costa Rican. Let me come to your party." Yeah, you can probably go. Um, we'll just give you a, a 55-1 media badge, and then you can just go. That'd be outstanding. Yeah. Um, so uh, what I'm curious about first is the scouting report on, on these guys. So let, let's start with with uh, Francisco Calvo. T- tell me what you know about about him, what you like about him, or, or, or what? Well, about Francisco Calvo, what, I, um, what really outstands uh, right away is that in his position, naturally, uh, as a defender, um, so he, he plays a center back or sometimes a, as a secondary position, um, a, a left wing back. Um, it's not just that he attacks, but he's very good at defense, too. So sometimes you have um, players in that position that are very good at the attacking part, but leave aside the defense. Uh, he doesn't do that. He's always very strong. He's always fighting uh, for every ball. Uh, he's very good at jumping. Uh, in fact, I've asked some of the, my uh, Saprisistas friends, and that's what they say. This guy can't jump. Uh, this guy is very athletic. Uh, I've asked them, you know, what, what do you think about uh, the physical impact? Because the Costa Rican League is not physical, uh, a physical league. The MLS is, is much more athletic. And so I asked him what will be his impact uh, being smaller he said there's not going to be any problem he's going to adapt because he loves to fight and it doesn't matter how big they come he'll just throw in his body and um, just knock some heads around okay yeah <laughs> um is he is he what we would consider like a a, a ball playing uh a defender like plays with the ball at his feet a lot or or m- more of a I'm tr- trying to think of like the difference between like uh, Tiago Calvano as that ball playing guy who d- did a lot of passing from the back, whereas you know the the other guys uh, in there. Brent Coleman does a little bit of passing, but he's mostly a, a, a physical um, defender. I th- I think he's not really uh, what you see in Tiago Calvano. Uh, Tiago Calvano tends to be more of a distributor yeah. on the backside and sometimes try to link up with uh, with Ibsen. But uh, on Francisco Calvo's side, I think he's more, um, he'll run to a position or he'll be there for the corner kicks or sure. uh, he'll, he'll go up, you know, as long as somebody's covering him, whatever the tactical system the team is playing. So I never seen him as a, as a great passer. He's just uh, gets into position at the right time. Um, and he goes up a lot. And he's young. He's 24. He right? is 24 years old. Yes. He- and he's got a lot of experience for 24 years old, too. Have you watched? I know he's had some appearances with um, with the Costa Rican national side. <coughs> excuse me, national side. Have you watched him a lot in in that role? Uh, yes, in fact, with, uh, you, you could see it more um, with his with Saprisa actually. Okay. Uh, with the national team, it changes a little bit. Uh, it changes for every player. Uh, a player that may be, you know, it happens with the United States with you know. Um, uh, well, particularly with Klinsman moving people in positions <laughs> right. they don't play. Yeah. So that that happens a lot. So that happens in Costa Rica too. And um, the role that he plays as in Saprisa is uh, a little bit more offensive. Uh, with Costa Rica, he tends to stay back a little bit more because Costa Rica's uh, style is play defensive first and then try to get the goals, uh, whether counter-attacking or build up slowly. But it's more defensive rather than going for for the jugular because that's what Saprisa does. Saprisa is a great team. It's always a powerful team. It's a powerhouse in, in, in Costa Rica. So they don't need to be as defensive. So he has more freedom to move about. Hopefully with Minnesota, he he gets at least a point in in between in that yeah. balance. His nickname is Gringo. Gringo, that's correct. Really? Where, where, do you know where that comes from? Uh, you know, I uh, so I, I saw not too long ago a list of uh, Costa Rican nicknames for players. So his his name his was Gringo. So I went and looked it up. And I'm like, why is he Gringo? So he's not a guy that he's not a homebody. He he will move a lot. So when he saw his opportunities kind of fade when he was not getting to the teams where he wanted to get. He had an opportunity for a scholarship, so he came here to the United States and studied here. Um, he played um, for University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. Oh, really? Yep. Hmm. And but he didn't stick around there too long, and then he still stayed here. Played for a very, very small uh, college called San Jacinto in in Texas, 
Um, so my guess, and I don't know this for a fact, but my guess is that they call him Gringo because he spent so much time here. Yeah. He also looks blonde a little bit. He looks like he played the part of a, a American citizen, yeah. you know, vacationing in Costa Rica. Yeah. So I guess that's my that's my guess. Yeah, I, I know that his his English is supposed to be really good, um, and so uh, that that's obviously why that is. Okay, fantastic. Well. I look forward to yelling, calling him Gringo all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that would be the the correct thing to do. Everybody's trying to get away with the Gringo uh, say because it's not very correct. But <laughs> I'll get my ass kicked by <laughs> by someone. That's my goal. Uh, um, does 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 Francisco strike you as? Do you think we got a good deal? Do you think we, you know, we paid above the the we paid we paid down his salary he would have been a dp if we hadn't used our allocation money does it seem the right value to you it is absolutely the right value uh because the 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 uh, target allocation money has opened it up a little bit to get that uh caliber of player that is not a dp and you don't want you don't want to pay him dp type money uh but you also want a little bit more depth and not have a huge gap between in the talent of the DPs and the players that have a cap at whatever the MLS cap right yeah. now is. So it's good to pay him a little bit more, recognize that he's uh, making uh, great strides internationally and as a player. Uh, so I think it is absolutely a great value. And, and um, Johan Venegas, um, the other Venegas, uh, or however we're going to call him, uh, <laughs> Tell we've we've talked a little bit about him on this uh, podcast, but I'm curious to to hear you talk about who this guy is. Well, him I, I like him a little bit more because he played for uh, for the team that I follow closest, um, and so I know him a little bit more than I know Calvo or Colindres, which is the the other rumored player. Um, and the team you follow is Alajuelense. Alajuelense, correct. Um, it is not the biggest, is not, but it is basically the second biggest. You know, 33 yeah. tournaments for Saprissa, 29 for uh, Alajuelense, so huh. it's very close. Uh, but uh, Venegas, I do know a little bit more about him, and I really like his fight. He's got uh, he's got attitude, and um, he can bring uh, a very mental game into the field. He will easily get into uh, other players' heads. Um, you know, get them to get a yellow, get them to just kind of lose control. Um, you know, it's it's a very important part of the game. If you don't win those battles, uh, you may not win the game. Even if you have quality, you need a little bit of attitude, and he can bring that. It's also a little bit of um, indiscipline because sometimes he gets actually gets in trouble. So expect a couple of yellows and reds if he's going to start playing uh, full ninety minutes with uh, Minnesota United. So that leads into the next question, which is that with Montreal, you know, he made a move to Montreal and he didn't start for them a lot. And he seemed to be, uh, he was he constantly played out on the wing because he's not going to displace Nacho Piatti in the center. And it, it, I guess, I guess that isn't his proper position. Or that's what a lot of people have been saying. Is that accurate? I, I I completely agree with that assessment because uh, with Montreal you have uh, you had at that time you had Drogba you had Piatti, uh, Mancosu started going crazy, um, even Ship is there too mm -hmm. you know so he had a lot of competition up front and uh, based on the uh, status of Drogba and Piatti you didn't you didn't want to start somebody else at that position so he would only come off the bench and be a holder he'd try to hold the ball every time they were winning uh if he would come off the bench while they were uh losing he would get a little liberty to go and try to uh, poke around but the the role that he played in montreal to me is not his best facet he he has something better to offer than that what he did in montreal if you want to see the best venegas you look at uh the national team because with with the national team, if you see, if you watch the game against the U.S., uh, I'm not going to remind you much of I that. I didn't, thankfully, <laughs> so it worked out perfectly for yeah. me. But but yeah, but he he really got a lot of liberty at that yeah. game, and he gets a lot of liberty more with the national team. So up front, if you're if he's playing with Campbell and Brian Reese and uh, David Guzman, he has a lot more tools to play around with. So he's very good, and I think with Minnesota United. If every rumor that we've heard and every player that we know is going to be there and he plays out of a secondary striker role, I think that will be much better. And I think uh, he will hopefully surprise us with, with his good uh, abilities and quality. What, yeah, what, I mean, 
I, I was just going to say, I, I, I get, I, I sometimes doze off and start thinking about Miguel and Christian and Johan doing like just, just this train of back heels to one another. <laughs> and I just get, I, I mean, I, I, Christian has missed Miguel so much of being able to connect with someone so intuitively um, and be able to, to pass at them uh, without thinking. My hope is that, uh, that Adrian Heath will um, force Christian to move out of his uh, newlywed apartment move in with Johan and Miguel, have like a, some sort of weird, uh, threes company, uh, situation go on and they're all, they're all buddies and they all just get in the same brain space. I don't know who the right winger is going to be. Once we find a right winger, they need to move them in too. But <laughs> well, I, I, I'm very excited for, for that kind of passing interplay, which we didn't have this year. It'll take a while, though. I think it'll take um, a couple of months. We're not. Uh, I'm pretty sure when we watch the the Portland games in uh, in the off season oh. or for preseason, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna look it's not gonna look pretty right away. Uh, but I think there is a lot of potential. Absolutely. I, so well, you go. Sorry, sorry. Oh, I just want to ask a follow up to his proper position. You call him a second striker, but what like what are his attributes in that role? Is he going to distribute the ball? Is he going to beat people on the dribble? Or are you going to try to you know, is he going to is he going to take like a layoff from Christian or something? What is what does he do in that second striker role? Well, what I what I've seen so far from him is uh, as a second striker, he does like to um to play the quick passes going into the area. Um a lot of the times, and this is, uh, I think, a negative of his, is that um, he he will face one-on-one, defenders one-on-one all the time. He loves to do that, but somebody hasn't told him yet that he's not being very successful at it. <laughs> um, so I hope that, that Heath will teach him to play with, uh, with Christian. So uh, I would see his best role as a feeding Christian, uh, feeding whoever is going to be there up front, uh, just feed him a lot and uh, occasionally uh, position himself to uh, to also contribute with uh, with scoring. Mm. Um, I'm kind of trying to gauge your excitement for uh, for Venegas. Is he someone where, let's say, we've got all 28 players. We're starting. We've got our starting 11. He's our starting number 10. He's that or he's that starting person there with the the striker. Um, are, do you think? Do you have like confidence in that? Is he? Do you feel like this could be our guy to 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 be the main creative force there? I I have uh, I believe that he he can do it, um, but uh, it'll also depend a lot on the chemistry that they can build together. Uh, if they don't build that chemistry right away, um, and he gets relegated to the bench and coming off the bench and doing the same thing, then it will be a failed experiment. Um, so as long as you put him in the right position, I think he, that he, he he can do the things that will be helpful to, for the team. Yeah, I I don't know what that sitcom is going to be called with the three of them, but um, <laughs> they got to work on it. Um, let's talk about this this last guy, Daniel Colindres. Um He is yeah. There's a, uh, the team definitely scouted him. They're definitely interested in him. Who knows if he'll come? But what what is what is this guy like? I, I personally have never been uh, mesmerized by Colindres' ability. Um, I do think he's a very strong uh, worker. He uh, he plays for the team, and actually, if you read any comments from the coaches or uh, um, uh, the players, what they what they see in him is exactly that. He he's never thinking about going in by himself. If he has a chance to to center the ball from the left side. That's what he can do, and that he does that very well. Uh, he's got speed, but it's speed not to get him on a one-on-one. It's usually speed to get him to find the right player to, to play with. Um, so he's got a lot of positives. Uh, the big problem I see for him is that he's a little bit long in tooth. He's 31 right now, and um, he may not be something that you want. I think for depth, it's great. 
for the team uh, to have him. Uh, it's also going to be great uh, if he's going to be teaching uh, younger players uh, how to move around because that's what another thing that the coaches say is he's got very good vision. Uh, he understands the game. Um, but he, he started understanding it a little bit late in his career. It took him a while to break through and, and finally become a, a consolidated player. Um, in the past three years or so, he's just become a staple at Saprissa. He just plays every game and uh, you can see his Every time he goes for a ball, he's trying really hard. He's not a one to kind of let a play die. So, hmm. um, so I want to talk more generally about Costa Rica. Um, unless Alex, do you have any questions about Conleders? Well, I think that I, it's interesting what you say about him and the way that he is praised by his coaches. I think that as I think that as Minnesota saw with its sort of Brazilian movement that we had at NASL, you know, you get a bunch of guys together and they may not all be brilliant, but they work well together and they create sort of a, a good atmosphere and they are happy because they have other, you know, countrymen around them. And so, you know, Colindres, he seems like a decent player, but, but his, his real value to the team may be as sort of a glue. Um, Kate Sophia asked this question on Twitter: Is Costa Rica the new Brazil? Uh, I think that's way off. We're, uh, we're light years away. But Costa Rica cer- certainly ha- has, in the last two to three years, uh, there are some great players playing there. There's a lot of success with the team. Um, uh, what's going on with in in Costa Rica? Is is this a golden generation, or is this is something cl- clicking in particular? Well, I, I think there's there's a couple of things that happen. Um, we see a lot of players coming in into MLS, uh, and there are other factors. Uh, there are a lot of factors that that, that play into that. Uh, but I think what makes it uh, more special now is because of the, uh, you know, the the great. Um, you know, Brazil 2014 that Costa Rica had, getting so far into it. Um, as any team looking for players, you see a great team, and you, a team like Costa Rica in Brazil 2014, and you see a good team. You don't necessarily see uh, star players, but if you really think about it, to have a great team, you have to have functional pieces. So uh, teams see that, yeah, they can grab a, a holding midfield from Costa Rica or, or a center back, and they may not be their stars for their team, but they will be consolidated players that have uh, a lot of experience uh, playing in, you know, under seventeen, under twenty championships, under twenty one. Uh, that's one of the one of the things that in the past at least uh, twenty thirty years has been uh, a strong thing for Costa Rica is try to get the younger teams out there to get them the exposure. Get them to go play outside of Costa Rica. Uh, get them to be used to the big crowds, uh, used to the pressure. Um, so I think it's a lot of uh, not not minor league work, but uh, under uh, you know the development of players. Yeah. Um, is there a, a particular uh, Costa Rican player uh, who who next who next time you see Adrian Heath or something like that, or when when you meet him or something like that, you you can say, "Here's the one guy." you haven't looked at yet or something like that well um on the undiscovered talent um i think i would tell him to go for well i, I don't really know the the what's coming up but knowing the interest that some teams have uh you know some teams that have looked at players i would say um that yeah he could look at um uh, a defender that right now may be going to America in Mexico, and this defender is going is being picked up by Ricardo Lavolpe, who used to coach mm-hmm. Costa Rica's n- national team. He's also the coach that brought in um, Francisco Calvo for the first time into the national team, and at that time Francisco Calvo had not played professionally yet, but he just is a good wow. eye for talent. He also picked up Joel Campbell before Joel Campbell was... Uh, Joel Campbell had not played with Saprissa. Maybe he played like three games coming off the bench. And he wasn't being considered for a national team, but La Volpe picked him up. So there are uh, a couple of great uh, nuggets that he was yeah. able to see before. Uh, they got big. So I think uh, this guy, Gerson Morales, okay. um, he's going to be a, an amazing player to, uh, to try to get. But um, he's already in the in America's yeah, uh, okay. radar. Yeah. I don't so, think we're fi- fighting so, Club America. So whatever Lavolpe does 
outbid him. That's <laughs> I, that's a great strategy. Yeah. Or just get get Lavope next. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't think we'll do. But I, I do wonder. I mean, someone like a, a club like LAFC. People talk about Bob Bradley or or uh, maybe. Maybe they won't go with Lavolpe because they don't want to be uh, Shivas USA, um, hmm. but but th- there are guys like uh, Lavolpe who I or Ticos USA. Yeah, yeah. Just to bring in one of those those managers uh, like Atlanta did with, with uh, Tata. Hmm. Um, let, let's uh, let's do Twitter questions. Does that work for everyone? Do it. Okay, because um, this is a, a Costa Rican one. Uh, this is from Adam at MN Northstar uh, or whatever. I won't say his Twitter handle. It's too too long. Current Costa Rican national uh, team pool includes nine players in MLS, none in Liga MX. Is, is there a preference for MLS uh, or is this about uh, the Mexican league not rating Ticos? It's, uh, it's, first of all, it's a great question. Uh, and yes, it does have to do a little bit with the culture, not necessarily the culture uh understood as a social but the soccer culture um, and the agents that are working in the Mexican market the agents that are working in the Mexican market if they have to make a choice between picking somebody from Central America or somebody from South America they more in more, more in most cases will go for, with a South American player uh, you look at uh, the Liga MX is full of uh, high quality South American players uh, players that would fit in any MLS team easily so that's part of it um, they also uh, don't go to Mexico because uh, Mexico, it's it's been a lot of failed, uh, been a lot of failures. Great players that go there come back failed. Uh, only uh, two or three players have been uh, longtime players in uh, in Mexico, but that's not enough to give players confidence. Yeah. They see the MLS instead, and they see a player like Giancarlo Gonzalez. Uh, Gonzalez, who used to play with the, uh, with the crew and now plays in Italy with Palermo, or uh, you see another player like um, uh, Matarita now playing with New York City FC, but has been looked by Borussia Dortmund and um, uh, other uh, Bundesliga teams. Uh, so the, there is more potential in the MLS to, in the eyes of Costa Rican players to get to Europe than to go to Mexico, where there's a lot of competition that may not be at their level yet. Yeah. Hmm. Um, from Ben Polzin, uh, 20 players in 20 days. How will Minnesota United FC do it? Wait until, uh, the day before, uh, training camp begins to announce, uh, the remaining signings for maximum suspense. If, if we assume that Miguel and Christian are happening, that, that only makes it 18 players, right? So they're almost there. Well, and we've also heard about, you know, we've heard rumors about Colindres and we've heard rumors about Quarase. So That's true. it's it's not as if it's in a complete vacuum. But what I think is really going to happen is that we're going to, you know, training camp's going to start, and then we're going to get some sort of vague, blurry photos, and we're going to have to, you know, <laughs> we're going to have to deduce sort of like uh, we're going to have to figure out who these who these people are. Yeah. Um, do they go to Arizona first or Portland first? Where's their first uh, training camp? Do you know Portland? They they're in Portland the week before opening day in Portland. So it's a, okay. So they're in Arizona before that. Okay. Um, so I'm not going out to Arizona for that camp. So yeah, they'll be secluded. Uh, but I mean, there will be other, other people covering the other teams down there. So we'll just have to get information from them. Simple invitational I, will be a it, bunch of trialists. We'll see Boyd Okuono out there again. Yeah. It, I mean, it will be, it will be funny to see how they do this. They, I think there's probably, um, aside, let's say Corse is done, right? They need to sign. Uh, they need to sign a couple more central midfielders. Two, two more, I would say. You know, um, or, or at least one more to 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 step up from the two that that exists there. I mean, obviously they're going to sign beyond that, but in terms of like starting caliber, they need to sign one there. Let's say they draft Jeremy Ebobise. They'll also get probably another draft. Uh, pick there i i don't i'm not particularly panicky at this point but um i I think that i'd like to see someone i'd like to see them sign someone really special who i've never heard of like calvo that that was a big thing like because i've i've watched venegas play 
Um, I am impressed with them. I'm very excited, but Calvo's a guy I've never heard of, so I'm I'm more excited. Um, I, think the, I think the real answer to Ben's question is that there are going to be a lot of players who don't really move the needle from an interest or announcement perspective because we haven't seen them play and maybe they don't have a tremendous history or whatever. And we're going to see, you know, a bunch of those players just sort of announced willy-nilly when their deals get done. Um, on Twitter, at NerfAndSuch101 asks, will, will the Minnesota United Reserves play anywhere this season or take the year off? I, I So if you ask that question to anyone at the club, they won't even look at you. Um, my guess is that I'm not even sure if they'll have a USL affiliation. There will not be a Minnesota United uh, Reserves. <clears throat> I don't even think that they'll have a USL affiliation. I think that they'll just send guys out on loan. They'll they'll sign these players and and send them out on loan. And um, I I think, yeah. I, I, I even if you the last few years trying to ask questions about the team about the NPSL uh, reserves team or whatever they were in last year, they were in the PLA. Um, that you would get no like no response. They just they did not give a crap about that reserve team. It was basically existed only to shift uh, international players like Daniel Mendez off the squad suddenly so they could have different people on the game day <laughs> roster. It was, it was, it was pretty stupid. I, I was very annoyed, but um, uh, Greg at Greg, Quis- Greg Quisition, I think on Twitter, any idea who Minnesota United will target for a number 10? I think we spent a long time talking about that. Yeah. But in, in terms of uh, beyond uh, Venegas, if they looked beyond that, do you have any thoughts? I I don't have any thoughts about who it is. I think that I've seen Jackson Ewell uh, talked about as a number 10, and I don't think he's a number 10. Um, so whether whether or not it's even possible for us to pick him up in the first place is, is another issue, but I don't think that is the answer. No. I think, I mean, I haven't watched him play that many times, but I've never heard him... I. If he is trying to be a number 10 in MLS, I think that he won't have I, much success. I saw some websites that, that said he was that oh, kind of player, and he's, he's not that type of player. I, I, yeah, I saw a certain website refer to him as a second striker as well. and that, <laughs> It's uh, not accurate. That's yeah, no, it was not right. They watched that one video of that of the of the three assists he had in that yeah, game. And then... I, I mean, I honestly, yeah. Um, ben Kraus Gagne asks, where is the best place to find Imperial Beer? Um, the real question for Ben um, is having all the options that we have here in Minnesota. Why would you want Imperial? But if you really, really need it, I um, think you can go to New Jersey and easily get them on uh, any bodega there. Uh, otherwise, um, just you know, I'll send you a personal message and and uh, hook you up uh, sometime. I know I have a buddy that travels uh, a lot, and so sometimes he buys a couple of cases to sell here. So I'll hook you up. Imperial is a, is a Costa Rican beer. That's yes, why it's, a, okay. it's, it's a lager. I thought it was like a uh, like a he was looking for like. The, the the imperial style beer and I was, I was just like why is he asking this question? Yeah, I was wondering. It makes a lot more sense now. I was thinking like a star destroyer. I don't know. Yeah, where, star Wars where reference. <laughs> okay, I see. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm I'm going to close on this one. I asked this on Twitter earlier. Uh, which Coleman would you rather? I'm trying to think, would you rather have on your side... How, how did I ask it on Twitter? Would you rather have on your side in a fight? Or who's the last... Call, the Coleman that you would not want to fight with? Who's the biggest hard-ass? And the question is Brian, Brent, or Cassie? <laughs> who's I the vote, most dangerous? Yeah, I voted for Brian. Um, he just always seemed... Like, like, like Brent. I mean, how, he hasn't gotten a red card for us this year. I mean, he's a softie. Yeah, I mean, Brent I would totally throw the Frisbee around with, but I'm not taking him to a knuckle fight. Brent gives you that Rambo look, so I think for looks he'll scare the other, whoever you're fighting with, so yeah. I'll take Brent. Okay, all right. I, I mean, Cassie is hard. I've seen. I've only watched her play once, uh, but I, 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 I mean, I, I've told this story so many times on podcasts, but like 
I just remember Brian Coleman once in like a preseason training. So it was in a dome. So the all the fans were like three inches away from the end line. Brian just, there was some asshole on this little te- traveling team that, that they were playing against. And Brian just took the dude out four feet from us. And he just stands over him. And just because he knew exactly that we were listening, we were right there. And he just said, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Just, <laughs> it kind of gave us a wink and walked away. It was so funny, so badass, and, and just so lame at the same time, but very cool. I just, I, yeah, I think about that. I do, I think uh, Brian always had a, a reputation for getting more red cards than he actually did. But um, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, Brent. Sorry, Cassie. I, I voted Brian on that one, too. So, um, you can find this podcast, uh, on Stitcher, Google play, all those things, iTunes, uh, go to iTunes and, and, and leave a, a review if you feel so inclined. Um, I, I do, you are on Twitter. How, how can we find you on Twitter? Uh, Don Mango 1979. Okay. All right. Um, what is that a reference to? Is that- uh, it was a nickname from, from high school. Okay. <laughs> Stuck right. a long time. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Alex, where are you on Twitter? Uh, at Alex Sheaf. Okay, and I'm at MN Nice FC. Uh, Adu, thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Alex, thank you for um, staying up past your bedtime to record uh, and skipping out on some some important homework. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, great. Well, we'll we'll be back here next week. I think Jeff will be here, and then next week is Super Draft Week. So everyone get your super draft hats ready. It's like the Kentucky Derby. So all right, thanks again guys. Thank you. Thank you.